1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates' national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations.
0: I think there's a there's always hope and then there's reality. And the only thing you really focus on is what the reality of the situation is. And that's, you know, we haven't played our best football. Um, we have a lot of quality players and uh, we gotta, we got to do a better job playing well. People want to see points on the board. People want to see what we've been used to, what we've done since we've been here. And you, you're you not beating nobody in this league scoring three points, right? Let's just be honest. You're not beating a soul, not a team in this league scoring three points. But obviously it was a tough loss, and uh, I feel like it was five days ago now. Uh, getting ready to play here in, a, in two days. And um, we're looking forward to the opportunity to bounce back.
1: Tampa Bay Buccaneers looking to bounce back short week football for them. We get to study what's going right, what's going wrong, more going wrong than going right for the Buccaneers as they host the Baltimore Ravens tonight. We'll get you ready for that, plus everything else happening in the NFL. The show is PFT Live, presented by Google Pixel. Learn more at GoogleStore.com. Hello to our audience on Peacock, SiriusXM XM85, Sky Sports, NFL, and the podcast crew. I have checked all boxes now we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. Maybe you can sing the song, Chris. You were singing on the way in. I will if you want me to. Don't. Okay, okay, don't. Yeah, that, that, don't. yeah, it's you know I was having a little fun for the audience
2: out there because it's Thursday, which means it's my mother effing Friday. Is how that song was going, just to let people know out there a little bit, give them a little taste, a little teaser. They
1: got to buy the greatest hits album before they hear it from me. <laughs> and actually, there was a day a couple of weeks ago. And this may be another reason why we're only live on Sky Sports NFL on Friday for right. some reason. Right. It's worked out The out that feed way. <laughs> was live early on Sky. Right. And so they got to see and hear Peter King and me getting ready for the show. So I don't think we're live today. If we are, and if they got the feed a little early, they got a surprise. For their Thursday morning. They got an exca- uh, an expansion of the vocabulary, although I'd say most there and here know, know the word. It's just jarring to hear it. It was jarring for me to hear you sing it repeatedly <laughs> just before we were
2: alive. I had to get myself uh, going. How- it's Thursday. You know, it's like the end of the week. It's a, It was hard waking up this morning. I don't know why, but, you know, just like one of those days where the week catches up to you. I woke up. I was like, oh, my gosh. I hit snooze. And I hit snooze and slept all the way through the snooze, which never happens. So that's what I know, like, oh, wow. It, it took me a little while to get going this morning. So I'm trying to pump myself up, give myself some energy here for my uh, you know, last push here of the week so I can enjoy tonight and, and, the, and the weekend.
1: Well, the, the, the week catches up to you. The season catches up exactly. to you. The it's year catches up, this up to week. you.
0: Right, right.
1: And we're, we're in that, for me... I think I've said this before. I can't remember, frankly. But once I get past Halloween, I feel like it all kind of is – it's fully in a rhythm now, but it gets easier if that makes any sense. Yeah. Once we get past Halloween, yeah. the games are more intense. Yes, exactly right. Thanksgiving is coming. Start to have a better picture Holiday of what the Holiday season is coming. Yeah, right. Yeah, things come into focus. You know that the postseason isn't that far off we get into this rhythm and again first world problem the job that we have but every monday's the same every tuesday's the same every wednesday's the same every thursday's the same every Friday, it just i'm sure it's the same for you it, it, you know with as you prepare for the next week reflect on the last week the transition point is wednesday usually for us here on the show but it becomes formulaic and and it's just lather rinse repeat lather rinse repeat but once we get past Eating all of the Halloween candy on Monday, then it's a new vibe. Heading yeah, into it is November and December. By the way, November one coming up, twenty first anniversary of the launch of Pro Football Talk. Uh, wow, big 20, day, 21st. twenty first. Wow, God, well, you are getting old.
2: It's official. That's amazing. That's, you are too, though. I, I know. I, I really. We am. all are. We all. We all are is is for sure. And then, um, when are we back into? We, we got what? Turn back the clocks. That's got to be coming here soon, right? Is that this weekend or next weekend? I know I. I, think
1: I don't know. But It'd it would be great if it's this weekend. I'd love to have an extra hour of sleep I on Saturday you, yeah. night. I
2: was thinking that. I feel like it was or later this year, though, than normal. I, I looked it up a few weeks ago, and I, I want to say I think it was the first weekend in November. So it seems later than – I mean, usually it comes in October, does it not, or late October? Am I wrong about that? I I, I, I don't know. I used to love Wasn't it. Wasn't
1: there a push to just get rid of it altogether? But I guess Wasn't they didn't officially
2: like make it, like – you know, a thing they didn't they talked about it, but no one they never, I, I guess, voted to uh, fi- finalize it. So it's November
1: six, November six, November six. All right. That is a great day. To get an extra hour. Had
2: a little extra hour of sleep. Oh, man, that was the best. Or back in college, Mike, that was like the best night ever in college because at Texas and Austin, the bars closed at 2 a.m. Well, the clocks turned back at 2 a.m., so everybody got an extra hour out at night on that night. That was always a a great night during the uh, during the season when you turn back the clocks and you're partying wait, on a good night. Wait, yeah. yeah, wait.
1: So you're telling me that when you were in college in Austin, when it hit 2 a.m., you went home and went to bed? Well, you were no, just done. No, but he got lights out. out. No, you had I- nowhere else to go. Absolutely
2: not. No, we always had somewhere else to go. <laughs> the, right. the party never ended, but. The party didn't have to end that night in the bar. We could, we could keep the bar open. So that's, that was the best part of it. The drinks kept getting served. We were good to go. And so the party got a little extra energy you know, at 2 a.m. as compared to maybe you know on a normal night where you're just trying to stagger and figure out where we're all going to go hang for a little bit before we all
1: pass out. <laughs> this comes from March 15. The U.S. Senate on Tuesday passed legislation that would make daylight saving time permanent starting in 2023 oh, ending so it's the next twice year. annual changing of clocks now just because the senate passed it doesn't mean the house yes, passed it doesn't right. mean the president signed it into law i'm just a bill i'm only a bill and i'm sitting here on capitol hill we know how that works from our our days growing up with the, the what would they call that schoolhouse rock cartoons oh yeah, yeah they're yeah, still floating yeah. around out there somewhere yeah. don't play the piano don't play the piano but uh But yeah, so that doesn't mean that it's official, but there was definitely something sticking in my brain other than a tumor that was accurate on that point that there was a push, whether or not it pushed over the goal line. I don't mind it because losing the hour of sleep in March or April, it's kind of a welcome thing because the days get longer just like that. The only problem is for those of us who are up early, as daylight begins to creep into our morning it's still very all of a sudden it's gone it's, yeah. it's just jarring it's right. just dark again right
2: right and i remember you know that that was you brought it up last year i think that was the biggest complaint when this happened back in the 70s was the fact that yes the team you know morning the sun wasn't coming up till what like eight in the morning 8 30 in the morning they, so it did
1: two hours one year Right. Two is hours. It two hours? Oh, that's crazy. That really is. That's that's maybe a little much. But I, I, I don't Walk know. Walking to school with a flashlight. That's how dark it was. Wow. That's amazing. And yes, amazing. they did have flashlights. Oh, good. Back in the good. 1970s. You had the lantern? Back in my day, we had five. We did not have a lantern. A kerosene lantern was not needed <laughs> in 1973 <laughs> or four or whatever year that was. All right. Uh, by the way, I put a poll on Twitter yesterday about the whole Starburst oh, thing. Oh, I saw but, a of this. Right. But, but I think that I think people got confused. Yeah. And I wanted to make it clear because I didn't want it to be. What's your favorite? I wanted it to be, which is the one you hate the most. What's your least favorite? I thought that was the right way to word it, but I think people saw favorite didn't see least, which was hiding. I'll admit as the word directly in front of favorite least favorite, least favorite. But I think a lot of people started hitting red and pink thinking that yeah, you I was asking the people. for their favorite. You confuse How the people. Yeah. Instead God of just saying vote for your favorite, favorite and the
2: one that's last
1: is the least favorite, you confuse but, them. Okay? But, Come on. But see, but, but I think that there's a difference between saying which one you like the best and which one you hate the most. I was trying to isolate, and I didn't even do push-pull. I put orange at the bottom. I made orange the last one. Maybe that's what confused people. Maybe they thought I was doing a push poll as to, you know, hey, I want red to win here. So I made red the first choice. I was trying to not skew it toward orange. And I think it all got screwed up. And then I retweeted it to say, I'm asking for the least favorite here. I haven't checked the results lately, but the whole thing just. Uh, That's over now. I mean, you can't go
2: back and tweet it again. Like, uh, nobody got that. That's over. You lost it. Sorry. Yeah, so there we well, go. There you Poor go. Poor yellow,
1: yellow. So I mean, maybe it maybe it, it did, did correct work. a little bit. I, th- I don't know.
2: I think so. Yellow, I feel like is most people's least favorite. I, I feel like that's the one I hear from more more people than not. The one they don't like. Which
1: well, I'll tell you, they're all. I good. did an experiment last night in the barn. Yeah, I had Starburst, and I liked all four of them. Yeah, even they're the all one.
2: good. They really are.
1: Starburst Starburst did a good job. They made them all good. Maybe we should get in touch with the people that make i don't even know who makes starburst like no i don't even know where they, they don't have as from. much moony,
2: money as google Pix or, or Do google we even, com,
1: so don't worry it's google pixel <laughs> yes right i meant to say that google Add pixel. The, yeah please <laughs> i don't even i don't even know what starburst is like what is that i have a feeling it's one of it's those things like,
2: where we'd be better off you not don't want to know yeah i think it's so. like right.
1: chewing gum that you completely chew up and swallow yeah here we go yeah. the wrigley company well it is gum yeah. it's maybe they were like trying to come up with some new sort of gum and this was like a failed gum run and it's like you know it really doesn't i'm trying to chew this gum but it keeps like you know i keep swallowing it it's not gum maybe it's like half chewing gum uh it's the brand name of the box-shaped fruit flavored soft taffy candy manufactured by the wrigley company so it is a taffy I don't know. Maybe maybe the fact that it took me fifty years to figure out that Starburst is a taffy tells you that kids aren't interested in eating taffy.
2: No, no, I'm definitely not. That's such an old that's another like definite <laughs> old person's <laughs> candy, right? It's always it's always the old guy that wants taffy. Like can you give I me taffy, like what all taffy? these options and you want taffy? What are and then up here in the northeast, salt water taffy's a big thing. And saltwater taffy from, there's a few famous places in Jersey who sell it. I think we've actually had this conversation. And it's always like, you know, an old person I know that's like, oh, bring me back some old, you know, some of the taff- salt water taffy, saltwater taffy. They love it. No kid likes taffy. Come on. There's way better options now. <laughs> Courtney loves taffy. Courtney loves it. Courtney loves it. Okay, well Courtney's kind of an old soul. I could see that. Her dad's an old school football coach, high school coach. He's he's rubbed off on her, so
1: she's got some of that oldness in her. <laughs> starburst originally was not or starburst star originally starburst originally was known as Opal Fruits. Whatever the hell that is. No one. No maybe it never even that. would have become a thing. Yeah. Opal Fruits. Hey, I really have a hankering for some Opal Fruits. Yeah, right. So whatever marketing wizard came up with Opal Fruits got fired, and then somebody else said, let's just call it Starburst, and it's stuck for 50 years. All right, uh, speaking of 50 years, Tom Brady <laughs> playing tonight <laughs> on, on Amazon Prime. The Ravens at the Buccaneers. This one, hey, we we, we have – we have suffered through some subpar product in recent weeks in order to get to this one. This one has everything because you got a Ravens team that can't hold a lead that's found its way back to the right side of 500, tied for first place in the AFC North, and then you got the Bucks who are underachieving and struggling at 3 and 4, but they're tied for first place in the NFC South. I, it's just amazing. And it, four out the of the Buccaneers five, currently Mike. are. Yeah, yeah, right? and and it should be, but for yeah the horse crap roughing the passer call, I'm not going to say it should be, but it could have been. But it could be, could be five in a row for the Buccaneers. That's right. It it, it it's astounding.
2: I mean, it really is. I'm shocked to where we are with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and it's like uh, I don't know. There there's problems on on both sides of the football. I mean, it really is. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, I guess well, you want to start on the, the Tampa Bay offensive
1: side first, just there. I mean, let's hear, let's hear first, just to set cool. the mood. Let's do it for what's going on in Tampa Bay. Let's hear from Todd Bowles, the very seemingly mild mannered. Plenty of coaches out there that seem mild mannered until the locker room door closes and a different person emerges. I think with Tony Dungy, it doesn't change. With others, it does change. Here's Todd Bowles talking about his effort to maybe yell and scream some life into his team.
0: There's been a bunch of yelling and screaming, you know, but at the same time, you have to coach them as well. You know, we got 10 more games to go. It's not down in the dumps. We trust each other. We know each other. We continue to try and get better and do things and eliminate mistakes. Communication is always important on both sides of it. So the yelling and the screaming when you lose, that's going to be natural. But it's coming from a place of coaching. It's not coming from a place of, you know, your butthole and all that type of stuff. So that's part of it. But at the same time, you have to teach them. We have to tweak things. We have to constantly tweak things and teach them because that's what coaching is.
1: You know, when I hear that from Todd Bowles, I think back to the interview that Maria Taylor did with Tonga Bailoa about the coaching now in Miami and how Mike McDaniel has a different approach. Right. And there's a very commonsensical basis for it. The coaches know that the players aren't trying to screw up. Yes. They're not defying the coaching. Right. They're trying to do the job. And it's just baked into sports and particularly football that a way to get somebody to try and succeed in the moment to do the job is, is to yell and scream at them. I'm not sure that that works anymore. I don't think I'm not sure that it ever did. Yeah. And the reality is, and this is the Jimmy Johnson approach. You have to have a different attitude and a different way of communicating with everyone on the team, right? Different guys respond to different styles of coaching. Yeah, exactly. I feel like this, the, this day
2: and age where we're at right now, it's definitely not an era of the yelling coach. It's more of a, Hey, let's talk with the player. You know, let's talk it out that way. You know, kids are a little different, you know, this day and age too, because of the pressures of social media and everything they're they're always under the microscope. So they don't need maybe the yelling like you did back in the old days all the time to maybe give you that extra push or that extra, you know, poke to get you over the edge to work harder or all that. I think there was a time when the yelling and all of that worked. There was. I mean, Bill Parcells in the 80s and Vince Lombardi and them, they certainly were yelling a little bit. That's for sure. But, uh, yeah, I I think more times than not now, calm heads prevail in the NFL. And we're seeing that. You know, you can even say that to the the master of of all masters in Belichick. The last two years, he's not a yeller, really. He's not. He's a coacher. He's a teacher. You know, he's going to hammer home his points there. And I think there's – you know, a lot of players like that. And I don't know. I mean, I mean, a lot of coaches like that. I don't even know. You know, it's a good point, really, when you think about the league itself, yellers altogether. I don't know if there's any that are in the league right now as far as the head coaching position. I know a few that are a little more animated and, you know, can throw out, you know, four-letter words and all that maybe more than compared to other ones, but not true yellers or the intimidators that we used to see, you know, maybe back in the old days when you and me were growing
1: up. I think you get Ron Rivera away from the cameras and the microphones. If he's got a reason to be upset, he's going to let it fly. I also think, too, that sometimes it's not strategic. Sometimes the goal isn't to motivate. Sometimes it's just the coach dealing with the stress of the job. And some people deal with stress by getting upset and blowing off the steam by yelling and screaming and swearing and cursing. And if it coincidentally motivates the players to play better because coach is pissed off, then so be it. But I just think that, that the job creates the kind of, of pressure cooker that, that can cause guys to blow a gasket from yeah. time to time. Yeah, I don't think that's, you know,
2: that's not, that's not crazy. It, it, it's, it's, it's an intense job. Yelling is going to happen at each other. I mean, we saw Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray go at it last week. It's actually like a good thing, I think. You know, like too, for a team like that, where you go, wait, can somebody light a fire under somebody here? And you know, can somebody be a leader on the offensive side of the ball? You know, more times than not, it is rooted in passion and rooted in and positive things that you know people want within the organization. And you're right, it's as intense as it gets. It's the, it's the most pressure-packed job, you know, as far as performance on a weekly basis. That that I think you can
1: compare to anything else in you know in our country, really. And what's odd is, for as much as the Buccaneers were struggling last week to score points, there weren't any viral videos, any moments of Tom Brady breaking tablets, yelling at teammates. I don't know if he was being more sensitive to it after the video that emerged against the Steelers from the week earlier of him yelling at the offensive lineman. We didn't see any of that last week. And it, it just underscores the Well, this wasn't a good look for some, him.
2: This was not well, a good it, look. I mean, it,
1: it wasn't, but it's not the first time he's ever done it. No, but it's it's
2: also the, but it's the first time he did it where he missed practice the day before and he's kind of playing True. like shit and he has, <laughs> a, and he has a lot of money and he could, fl- he could have flown back on his private jet and been there as we talked about. So, you know, when you don't play well and you haven't been playing well and now you you know have your own set of rules and don't make the effort to come back and be part of the team and hey I'll meet you there and then you're in the middle of a game where yeah you're not being protected like as nicely as you'd like to but it's not so bad that we're going oh this is the worst protection in football or something like that I mean it's not anything near that and then you're not making any plays and you're jumpy too you know that, that he didn't do himself any favors last week, so I'm sure he was a little bit aware of that in the Carolina game to not cross that line. He doesn't have much to stand on right now with with his own performance.
1: The idea that flashed through my brain as you were saying that is, who would tell him that it was a bad look? Well, the reality is, even though they act like they don't listen to anything that it's oh, he definitely said, does. Right? They, he, he apologizes anytime
2: aware. he gets some scrutiny, or you know, even last week, right? He made the army reference. He's he apologized right away. He's got somebody paying attention for him, and he's paying attention. So, yeah, he's, he's not blind or deaf to what's going on out there and the, the, what's surrounding their football team.
1: Well, tonight all eyes again will be on him because he's back in primetime. We haven't seen him in a standalone game since week four against the Chiefs. Before that, it was week one against the Cowboys, so it's a relatively rare opportunity and maybe one of the last opportunities to see Tom Brady play at a time when other games aren't being played. Let's focus on that offense, though. Can they get it going, and what do they need to do to get it going? Is it as simple as just run the ball effectively and everything else will follow?
2: Well, I I don't know if it's as simple as that. I don't think that's going to turn around to the point to where they're going to be able to rely on it, at least right now. I don't. You know the the thing that they I think I think they've kind of realized that over the last few weeks, where they've just gone wait we we can't we can't run we're gonna have to kind of play through Brady and the receivers and execute and try to be surgical that way, and I don't know if they're gonna be totally explosive or fun to watch you know when it comes to that approach either, you know that that's something that you and I have hit on here. They're they're a team that you know lacks and I can't even believe I'm saying it lacks real explosive ability right now. He's a little reluctant to hold the ball, to want to throw shots down the field at times. And then Mike Evans is not quite the same, and he's more of a build-up speed guy, right? Chris Godwin, I think I don't think he's a bigger receiver, and I don't think he's 100% yet after last year's knee injury. So I don't think he stresses you out as far as going up the field, and he was never that guy anyways, and then after that, it's like where the last two years it was an embarrassment of riches with Gronk and AB and and hey, you can't match up with us. Well, right now your top two guys are not you know hitting at all cylinders. And now it's wait, who the hell is the third and the fourth guy? Who 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 can be the next guy that can contribute to the offense? And that's where you know they're missing that Cole Beasley type that they had for a few weeks or Antonio Brown who can do all the quick, fast-twitch type of routes and the guy that can kind of take off the top of the defense. And I think that, you know, let alone with the, the fact that you said they can't run the ball, uh, it's made life really hard on them right now. And then Brady at 45 is not the kind of guy that's going to get out of the pocket and be like, hey, I'll carry you guys. You go here, you go here, and I'll throw lasers. So it's a bad combination what they got working in Tampa right now.
1: Julio Jones was a big off-season acquisition for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He hasn't played very much. Knee injuries yeah. kept him out. At one point, GM Jason Light said they're going to slow play it. They want him available as they get closer to the postseason push. Well, maybe the postseason push starts now as they've been pushed to a 3-4 and four record. He's questionable for tonight's game. Game-time decision. Shocker. I don't know. I don't know how much he really adds Yeah, at a hundred percent. I don't know. Cause we never see him at a hundred percent and that's fine. He's been around for a long time. He's taken a lot of physical wear yeah. and tear. That's the reality of Legend it. draft drafted of in 2011.
0: Yeah. Exactly. He's the man, but y- right. you
1: are what you are right now. Just right. like Matt Ryan, you are what you are right now and he can't stay healthy and he hasn't done much for the Buccaneers yet this year. And they do feel a little banged up and old at the receiver position and I'm not sure what they can do. Maybe they jump into the OBJ sweepstakes and maybe OBJ looks at them right now and says, I, I'm not interested in I, you for yeah. the same reason I'm not interested in the Rams.
2: Yeah, I I, I think that's fair. I, I think it's fair to look at it and go, oh, yeah, they might make the playoffs because the NFC South, you know, by default to a degree. But I don't know how you could be a guy like OBJ right now and go, whoa, I definitely want to be a part of that. Look at that. And then also to the fact where you know, you, you, I, I've heard from teams, and with the OBJ thing, that it's, it's more than he's looking for more than just like a one year thing too. To where Tampa, I don't know if that's the place you want to go. I mean, Brady's gone after this year, at least in my opinion. I think everything's kind of showing that. So, uh, I, I don't imagine that him, them being or him being that attracted to them right now. So they got to work with what they got, and they just got to find somehow this third option like you're talking about. And, yeah, it's it stinks with, you know, Russell Gage. That hasn't quite worked out. You know, Brashad Perryman, he only shows up every now and then. We were hopeful a few years ago with Scotty Miller. I mean, he was making plays down the Super Bowl stretch year that year, the big touchdown against the Packers, and we haven't really seen him since. They drafted Jalen Darden, who was supposed to be that fast Julian Edelman, Antonio Brown type of guy. He never gets a role within the offense, so – yeah, they just they need an extra guy, especially with the fact that they can't run the ball. And right now it's like stop Evans and then okay, we got Godwin in the middle of the field, and then what else you got in Tampa? And they they're, they're kind of limited with their options that can scare you right now.
1: And Scotty Miller is a great example of what happens when the offense is working. When the offense is working and the defense has to focus on run game and the starting primary receivers you get this guy who just kind of slips past everyone. As everyone's focused on the other guys, Scotty Miller slips behind the defense. Tom Brady sees him, hits him. You don't have that happen when the offense isn't good enough for somebody to kind of slip behind everyone unnoticed, yeah, right, like Scotty Miller was doing. Because
2: right, that right. Super
1: Bowl run, it was happening every other week. Yeah. He'd find Scotty Miller for a long game. Right. I think because the offense was so good that it was easier for him to find an opening. Now it's harder for him to find an opening, but he's had injury issues as well. They've quietly low-key had a lot of injury they issues. They have. The past couple
2: of years in Tampa ben. Right, right. They have. There's no question. And then, you know, I think you talk about all the things that we've discussed here and the the fact that, yeah, we have a quarterback that's 45 who we know, I mean, even in his prime was not the best under-pressure quarterback as far as people around him because of lack of mobility. And now he's not in his prime, and we've seen even more evidence over the last few years that when, yeah, teams get around him, he gets very uncomfortable, and there's no telling where the football might go. And right now, he's playing on an offensive line like you see right here, left guard, 67, Got a I always mess up his name. I'm sorry. Gideki. He's a little bit of a weak link. He's a rookie. He's getting a crap He's out tonight. Well, that's an, that's an issue. I forgot he was out, Mike. I, can't, I totally forgot that. So that's been, that's been an issue right along with center. And in the, in the right guard play, not even been that special either. So, you know, Brady, who's a guy that you've always talked about, the master of stepping up in the pocket, moving in the pocket like Dan Marino, He can't do that right now because a lot of the times the pressure is right in his face. And, and again, he's a little reluctant to want to do that anyways at his age and where he's at. And so it's a double whammy from that standpoint. Not only do they not have the speed to get downfield, you know, when they do want to try to call something downfield, they can't protect long enough to let it work or develop. It's very few and far between that way. And that's leading to a lot of their issues right now. And it's, it's hard to watch on the offensive side of the ball.
1: You know, One more thing on Brady. Yeah. In the Let's Go podcast on Monday night, Jim Gray asked about the hypothetical conversation that emerged last week. Didn't name us, but clearly talking about us. Yeah. My question to you of which of the two between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady would be more likely to call it quits during the season. So crazy that that became a thing. I know. Well, I know. Because it just shows you people it don't pay clear. attention. Yeah, well,
2: people, people don't pay attention. They just read their least
1: favorite Starburst. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Th- there was a retirement in the past, but I moved on from that. I made a commitment to this team, and I love this team, and I love this organization. I told them in March I was playing, and I've never quit on anything in my life. It just shows you his mindset is I'm going down with the ship. Yeah, no matter how bad it gets, no matter. Whether or not I have a Willie Mays moment on the field where it's obvious that my expiration date has passed, the milk has turned, I'm not quitting. Because he views it in his mind as he'd be quitting. And it reminds me of the conversation we had about the Colts and Andrew Luck. Because people say he didn't retire, he quit. Look, whenever you decide you're done, that's when you need to stop. I think it would be a mistake for Tom Brady in part of his brain, to say, I'm done, and in the other part of it say, I've never quit on anything in my life. I don't think you view it that way. The sport is too dangerous. The game is too violent. The players are too big, strong, and fast. And Tom Brady's too frickin' old at this point to view it as quitting. No one's going to call a guy who played past his 45th birthday a quitter if he just decides, I'm too old for this now. Father time caught me. And I've been saying this for a few years. Yeah. We just assume it's going to be an offseason thing where he rolls out of bed one day in March and says, I'm too old for this crap. There's a chance. It's a long season. There's a chance that the realization comes not in the off-season, not in training camp, not in the preseason, but at some point between week one oh, and week 18. No doubt. I'm with you, Mike. And and there's no shame in that. I'm not saying I want him to. Right. But I think it would be worse for him to say, I'm not a quitter. Yeah. I'm not a quitter. I'm not a quitter. While he's getting ragdolled all all over the place and can't get anything done. And we see this disintegration before our eyes, like with Matt Ryan. Right. Like, maybe Matt Ryan should have tapped out before he was pulled off the field. I think it's difficult. I think it's especially the longer you play. Right. The the pride seeps in. But so... So that's why he's not going to walk away, even if maybe he should listen to his body, be self aware if this continues right if this continues, and say i i just it's not in my best interest, not in the team's best interest for me to to keep going and i mean we're acting like he's he's you know Bottom of the barrel. He's not bottom of the barrel. Not at all. Jarring to see where he is in comparison to what we're used to year after year after year for 20-plus years. That's right. That's
2: right. It's not bottom of the barrel. I mean, he can still really throw that thing. He's still, you know, I still look at him and and a lot of times I go, damn, he's still tough. Like, you know, I know he's jumpy and and jittery in the pocket at times, but his decision-making, it's still pretty good. It really is. It's very good it only gets affected sometimes where like the Pittsburgh game where he gets people around him a little uncomfortable and then he doesn't let anything happen downfield. But you know, you said it Mike, but, and, and I agree with you. I think that was the thing that got me going back to, Oh, he's going to come back last year is that stubbornness, you know, let alone, I know you were hearing some things and I started to hear some things, but I remember the first thing last year in the off season was I had somebody that, you know, knew Brady pretty well. who was like, Hey, Chris, Brady said he's going to play to 45. Like, he's the kind of guy that when he says those type of things, like, it, it's going to happen. He's too stubborn to even back off of it, and that's what's made him great. You know, but I I, I sit here and, and I got to think, there's been some mornings for the first time in his career where he's w- rolled out of bed and gone, ooh, did I make the right decision? Was this worth it? I, I, I got to think that that's infiltrated his brain, even for his as focused and as stubborn as he is. And I think the fact that, you know, again, 11-day absence during training camp and we're going to Mr. Kraft's wedding in the middle of the season on a Friday night, I, I think those are signs to say that he's maybe questioned that a little bit. I do. You didn't have to go to that wedding. Mr. Kraft would understand how much you like him still. That's We know. It's a It's a great bond they have. And so those are little inklings that I look at. Let alone sometimes the attitude on the field and and little things we can glean from that to where I go, uh, he's got to have some questioning moments here right now. He's got to with the current state of the team, the beating he's taking, the personal life issues and all of that. And I think that adds to this weirdness that we're all witnessing right now with Tampa Bay and the fact that they've lost four out of five.
1: What you said earlier meshes with what I heard five years ago. The arm will be there into his 50s. It's the legs that will be the downfall because he won't be able to get away from the physical contact. And what did we see? All the way back to week one, in the aftermath of the win over the Cowboys, where he got hit a couple of times, but there wasn't anything where we said, oh, man, he got rocked. Right. He he was talking about taking some big hits and how he was feeling it the next day. And then he went through the finger injury, he had the shoulder injury, and those are the ones we know about. It could be that he just recognizes it's more imperative for me than ever to avoid taking these hits. Sure. So he is jumpier. He is, I don't know if he's necessarily seeing ghosts, but he's accelerated the clock. He's not doing the... Hold the ball until somebody breaks open down the field and then go last week it happened and Mike Evans drops the damn yeah, thing. Right. He can still get it there under perfect laboratory conditions, but he's not getting enough of those.
2: Exactly. That's the thing. And that's the thing I've tried to argue to people the last few years, where you know, people want to go, hey, Chris, he's still the best quarterback in football, or he's top three. And I want to go, no, he's really good, but he needs a certain formula to succeed. There's no doubt about it. You know, again, it just Look at how they perform on third downs. That's such a quarterback down here as of late. He can't, they can't stay on the field because he can't buy that extra step or doesn't want to stand there and take the shot. His offensive line isn't worse than Joe Burrow's in and, and, and Cincinnati. Joe Burrow makes play every third down. It doesn't matter. He's one of the best in football on it. Why? Because he's a baller and going to hang in there and move and make things happen, right? I mean, this, even there, I mean, that's not horrible protection. I know it wasn't good. But, yeah, these are the issues he's having right now. And, you know, it's, it's it's affecting their offense, let alone, yeah, there's other issues on their offense altogether. But they're just because of those issues, now the spotlight's on him more to carry it. And, look, I mean, even that play right there, just, again, fading away as you're throwing the ball over the middle because someone's bearing down on you. It's a lot of that. And, you know, I just think we're seeing signs of, you know, declining and protection of the body like you're talking about.
1: I've discovered a high-end analytics yeah. formula here. Yeah, I was reminded of it when we saw the Grady Jarrett tackle followed by the kick. Right. The, the Buccaneers are undefeated the last six weeks when Tom Brady kicks somebody. So maybe that's <laughs> what he needs to do tonight is kick somebody. Um, well,
2: you know, okay. tonight will be interesting in this fact, right? With the matchup itself, what a, we, we've talked about this a few times with the Ravens. The Ravens are not a great pass-pressure team. They're not, and that's where it makes the, the matchup interesting. The Ravens' defense has been better. There's no doubt about it, but their front four and their ability to get to the quarterback, it's not very good just with the front four. And then it gets into, okay, wait, you know, we got to blitz or pressure or trick it up a little bit, and that could be scary against Brady because, you know, he's smart, and he's going to figure it out. He's going to know where to go, and he's going to get the, direct, the, the protection pointed in the right direction, and you're taking a risk there. So that's where the the matchup is interesting tonight. It was where he could have a chance to hold the ball and pat it one extra time to wait for Mike Evans to come open on a 20-yard in-cut or whatever else. And uh, that's what I'm going to be intrigued to see from the matchup tonight.
0: Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire.
1: There's one particular individual who will be trying to chase Tom Brady, who used to be a teammate, Jason Pierre-Paul, now with the Ravens, said earlier this week, there's no bad blood, but I want to show them what they don't have. Hey,
2: hey, hey, that's real for sure. And I think when we talk about Tampa Bay— as much as we're shocked that the offense looks the way it is, I don't know, I think honestly, it might be more shocking the way the defense looked and and and, and then you can go through a laundry list of problems they're having on that side of the ball right now, too. But yeah, I, I think they I think they maybe misevaluated how good JPP was. He's very good against the run, he still has value again as a pass rusher. He's the best pass rusher on the Ravens already. He is. So uh, I'm sure he wants to stick it to them tonight a little bit. He's from that area in Tampa. He went to school there. He probably felt like he was going to finish his career there, had a last great few years. And, you know, they kind of said, nah, we got Cheyenne Trianko and we're going to push you out the door. And that hasn't worked out so well for Tampa so far.
1: If my memory serves correctly, and at this age, who the hell knows, Pierre Paul had a sack against the Browns and Justin Houston who once upon a time had 20 plus. He had two on Sunday against the Browns. So a couple of guys to at least be aware of. Let's flip it over to the Ravens when they have the ball. And it's funny because after the first three weeks, everyone was saying Lamar Jackson bet on himself and he won. And I said, folks, there's 14 games left this year. (laughs) There's two more seasons of franchise tag. This is not the time for the chips to be cashed in. The bet has a long way to go. And in the last four games, after seeing 10 passing touchdowns and two turnovers the first three weeks, now we've got three passing touchdowns and five turnovers. What's going on with Lamar Jackson after the first three games of the season? Yeah, well, I think, you know,
2: two things. They've run the ball a little bit better, okay? Uh, They played some good defenses, and the fact that they had to play the Bills and the Bengals – and the Giants and Wink Martindale, who obviously knows, you know, the offense a little bit as well. So I think that's kind of, you know, been been part of the issue. He has not played his best football. He's had some some bad turnovers late in the football game, the, the, this game especially, right? There's two interceptions in the second half, none being bigger than this right here with a chance to, to win the game. And now the Bills go down the field and do it. You know, so there's been yeah mistakes throughout the Giants game, the interceptions uh, at the end of the game there, and and then of course the strip sack fumble that Thibodeau gets. This was really probably the worst decision of the year in all of football. That the fact that he did that. So he hasn't played his best football down the stretch. And I will I'll say this too, Mike. You know, this is one thing that we do see with the Ravens. You know, this is why their run game has to work and it's getting better and it has to continue to get better. Their passing offense is not, you know, a reinvention of the wheel. It's good. It's got a lot of what you need. There's no doubt. But it's not like, oh, to the fact of, you know, oh, wow, it's just they reinvent themselves every week and attack you from so many different ways. No, it's it. you can catch on to it. And then when you don't have Rashad Bateman out there healthy, you're one really go-to difference-making wide receiver. I think that causes issues for them too. So I think it's a, a little bit of him being careless and a little bit of uh, teams catching on to their passing offense, honestly, in my opinion, Mike, let alone they played some very good defenses here as of late.
1: Gus Edwards provided a boost against the Browns. 16 carries, 66 yards, two yeah. touchdowns yeah. just in time because J.K. Dobbins, on injured reserve with knee issues again. Edwards it's back, and that helps. And look, Kenyon Drake has come on. He has, and and they like to sprinkle in Justice Hill. Right, and it it can't just be Lamar running for a hundred yards every week and then throwing for a hundred or two hundred or whatever the case may be. They That's do right. have to spread it around a little bit. But, right, you know this team. This team at four, four and three, they should be happy, but they also should be really pissed because. They could be 7-0. and They really could be. They've blown leads. And to the team's credit, they buckled down against the Browns and didn't blow that lead, although they tried to blow it. They tried. And that's where the offense has a role in this. It isn't just when a lead is blown. It isn't just the defense sucks. It's the offense has done something to open the door for the other team's offense to have an opportunity to exploit a defense that is having a hard time holding a lead. We saw the interception that was thrown by Lamar Jackson on that fourth down play, that ill-advised decision. The last thing you want to do there when you're playing the analytics game, well, if we don't get it, they'll have the ball on the two. They got to go 98 yards. Oops, now they only have to go 80 because I threw an interception in the end zone. Th- that's a, a thing that doesn't get pinned to the offense the way giving up the touchdown gets pinned to the defense, but that's part of it. The offense needs to slam the door when it has opportunities, Chris.
2: Yeah, no, it, it hasn't done that. You're right. You know, there, there's been some chances to to slam the door or at least make things very hard on another team, and they didn't. You know, but yeah, I, I the defense, the defense. Yes, has had a hard, hard time holding leads. And I think it's a little bit because we've talked about the pass rush and, and you know some of their secondary guys maybe not playing as well, a few injuries there as well. But yeah, I think when you look at some of the leads early on in the year, it was a little bit of like, okay, they blew it, but the one thing they weren't doing at that point was running the football and where it became a little bit of the, the passing attack. And it was their style of play was lending teams to, hey, you're going to have a chance to come back. Here as of late, They've started to run the football and are doing the right things there. It's been more the mistakes by Lamar that have kind of hurt them in that way. It's not necessarily the running game, the fact that they can't do that. It's the Giants game mistakes. It's, you know, Buffalo at the end there. And, you know, again, I don't think I don't want to understate the fact that they've had to play some defenses who understand, you know, how they operate. The Bengals, the Browns, Wink Martindale, I mean, damn, those are three of like the you know top people you would go, well, they probably understand their system better than anybody, let alone you had a deal with McDermott and Leslie Frazier. So I think that's led to a little bit of the, you know, like, wait, what's happened with them? Tonight, there'll be an interesting night to see. The Bucs don't stop the run all that well, and Ravens, like you just talked about, got it going a little in that direction. They're going to put the, the Buccaneers in, in some binds. And uh, it'll be a good test to see if they can kind of get things going back in the right direction.
1: We need to take a break. Yeah. By the way, peel back the curtain. Anytime I say we need to take a break, that means Courtney has told me break. But I do have to say one more thing. What? Because I thought of this yesterday. Yeah. There's some lingering potential for the old school Ravens Patriots bad blood to trickle into this one between Harbaugh. John head coach of the Ravens and Brady. I think back to that playoff game when the Patriots were down 14 points, two different occasions, they did the funky formation and there was questions about whether or not they were playing fast and loose and Harbaugh was upset. And at one point, Tom Brady said something along the lines of, Hey, go read the rule book. Yeah. So he kind of jumped into the fray and, If I know John Harbaugh, and I do a little bit, he he still remembers that, and he still associates that with Tom Brady. So he's not going to go easy on the old man tonight. If they get an opportunity to rattle him, to frazzle him, to make him look mortal yet again, John Harbaugh is going to enjoy it. He may not say it, but I think deep down he's going to enjoy it. You know, it's the say hello to your dad yeah. mentality, yeah, I Chris, that his brother Jim has. He's going to take glee in the ability to contribute to the demise of Tom Brady.
2: Well, I, I'm sure. I mean, I, you know, he's he's a hard ball. He's a tough SLB. I think he probably takes joy in, in, in uh, you know, being a part of the demise of anything almost as far as competitive football goes. That's the way he is. You know, but that's why they're they're awesome. And we'll see. You know, we will see. You know, Brady, they're going to have some opportunities, I think, to throw the ball and be successful against the Ravens here tonight. You know, the other side of that is I think Lamar and company could have some sex success against a Bucks D that, you know, is not the same. Like we were talking about, it's just crazy. Without JPP, without Ndama Suh, right? Akeem Hicks, they signed him, but he's been hurt a lot the last few years. Guess what? He's hurt again. Shaq Barrett's not playing as well as he should be. You know, Carlton Davis is not out there. There's no Sean Murphy bunting, right? Uh, Antoine Winfield's banged up. They lost Jordan Whitehead in free agency. So uh, uh, their their defense is not the same. And then they don't stop the run here as of late. And that's going to be an issue. I mean, it is. This this Ravens offensive line and the way they push people around lately and open up holes in the design Lamar quarterback runs, I think it's going to pose some problems for the Bucks. The Bucks don't have great size other than Vita Vea inside. You know, everybody else getting pushed around for the most part. And that's where, you know, this game could go either way. I could kind of see this game maybe even being a, a struggle and, and like, oh, wait, defense has got a good game plan. But I also wouldn't be shocked to see if this game ended up being a little bit of like last week where it becomes a track meet to a degree for a little while. I wouldn't. I think there's two teams here that – have some things that pose problems with the other defenses. And, yeah, we'll see where it goes. That's where it's
1: going to be fun tonight. We've seen the Buccaneers lose to the Packers and the Chiefs. Now, the loss to the Packers feels different now that the Packers are struggling as well. But beyond that Chiefs game, I mean, the last three weeks, we've seen the Bucks struggle. They struggled with the Falcons. They struggled with the Steelers and lost, struggled with the Panthers and lost convincingly. My point is, we got the Bucs going up against a pretty good team, a team that could be 7-0. Yeah, right. This is going to be, you know, I I keep telling myself this is the week the Buccaneers figure it I'm out. Done, this is the week the I'm Buccaneers doing figure that. it out.
2: I've, I've screwed myself and picks and everything with that. I know. I'm, I'm, I'm down to the point that this is what they are. And I can't figuring out I don't is a long way down the road. Can they just muster enough to win a game here?
1: I said this earlier in the week. This is the flip side of getting our brains accustomed to the Bengals being good yeah. despite the uniforms that say they're bad. Right. The Buccaneers uniforms tell us they're great based upon recent years and we have to rewire our brains and say, Nope, nope, they're they're not what they were. 2020 and 2021 let's take a break the eagles trying to be what they were in 2017 loading up the rich getting richer in advance of the trade deadline we'll talk about the deal that surprised everybody on wednesday afternoon when this thursday edition of pft live presented by google Pixel, continues right after